up. I'm a child of God. Got in my hand the powerful Word of God. Changes lives, heals broken hearts, and reminds me Jesus is coming again. And so today, Lord, as we pray, Lord Jesus, would you today speak to me? In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you listening? Don't have anything profound, just are you listening? I did get the profound word last night from my wonderful, beautiful, effervescent wife. Keep it short, pal, because we're going to get on the road. (laughs) So I'm going to try to do a seven-minute sermon today. And all God's people are saying, hallelujah. (laughs) We live in a world, live in a world that is saturated by communication. There is noise and communication going on around us all the time. Has various forms. Uh, Cable television. I just got a thing in the mail that they're changing our cable from the box to a little something. And you got to have the little something or it won't work anymore. What is it? Digital. Okay. So, so it won't have a signal. I won't have it. Okay. Free. They're going to charge me after the first year. What? Wait a minute. I have to pay for what? I have to pay for their TV too? Okay. Well, forget that communication. I was just trying to list some things. So, cable. I didn't realize that was going to create a thunderstorm here. Computers. Computers. Satellite dishes. Put them on your house, put them out in the backyard. (laughs) Cell phones. You don't appreciate, I guess, cell phones until you don't have one. My, mine, the charging port quit on mine. So I couldn't charge it. So it was dead. And I just knew I was missing important phone calls. I didn't miss one. (laughs) Nobody called. I was disappointed when I found that out. But all the emails that I ever have ever read must have come back on my phone when I got the new one turned on. Because I looked down and in my email inbox were 9 million, no, it seemed like. It's crazy. Wi-Fi. I mean, now we, we go to a place to eat, we want to make sure they have Wi-Fi. McDonald's. Wi-Fi hotspot. Got to, be, got to go to McDonald's. If you can't find Wi-Fi anywhere in any town, go to McDonald's. They probably got it. But probably the greatest communication that's ongoing all the time is this. It's always out there. You can do it on your computer, on your satellite dish, on your cell phone, through your Wi-Fi. You can hear this. You need to listen. You need to listen. God is trying to get His Word into us. In your handout, Job chapter 33, verse 14. But God speaks how often? Again and again, though people 
don't recognize it. We hear people say all the time, God, I wish you would speak to me. I need to hear from you. Show yourself. Make yourself real to me. And then they always have an attachment. And do this. (laughs) This It's what I want. This is what I need. So you do this. But the truth is, God is speaking, but are we listening? So this idea of hearing God's voice is not mystical. It's not something crazy. I loved what Vanessa said. Warren can finally hear for the first time. And can you imagine someone who's never heard on this side of glory, and the first thing they hear is Jesus saying, Hey, Warren, come on in. <laughs> I love that. I love that. But I want to give you today four ways, four ways that God speaks to us today. First, number one, God speaks through the Bible. God speaks through the Bible. The Bible is God's primary way to speak to us. Paul describes the power of the Bible in 2 Timothy 3 when he says, All Scripture is inspired by God, is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It straightens us out, teaches us to do right. It's God's way of preparing us in every way, fully equipped for every good thing God wants us to do. Circle the word inspired. What that word translated from the Greek means is God breathed. God breathed. Watching little Brian struggle to breathe made me realize how important it is that God breathe life into us. As soon as you're born, the first thing you do is suck in air. (laughs) It's the air that God breathes. And when God breathes air into you, good things come. Amen? And when you think of God-breathed inspiration, I mean, there, there were disciples and apostles that wrote down the words of the Bible for us. But it was God who was actually speaking through them and speaking to them so that they could write down what God had to say. And all of it has been compiled into the Bible. And there are two types of people in the world. There are the people who are instruction followers. And there are people who are winged people. Whenever you get something to assemble, usually that item comes with a set of instructions on assembly. How many of you would consider yourself to be an assembly-following person? You follow the instructions. How many of you are wingers? We just wing it. And you wonder, how? why do I have 20 screws left over? What's going on here? <laughs> why, is that, why is that wheel wobbling? I used to be more of a winger. In fact, I don't even build anything anymore. Because even if I'm reading the instructions... <laughs> It's, it's not, if, if it can't snap on and be done, I'm done. I, I'm in trouble. If it takes a tool, I'm usually in trouble. I had a guy tell me one time, he said, Preacher, the next time you want to do something at the house, he said, call me first, let me come do it, it'll be a whole lot easier than if I come behind you. Maybe some of you can identify with all of that. You know, 
in the glove box of the car, we just got Cindy another car, and, in, and it's got all these gizmos and gadgets on it, and it, you know, yeah, you talk to it, and it talks back to you, that kind of a car. Well, in order to understand what all that means and how to make it work, you got to get into the glove box and into the manual, right? And look it up, and you follow it, follow it through, and, and then, of course, it doesn't work because it's not your version of car. It's kind of crazy. But you know what I'm saying. Can't do it. I mean, you can wing it. Then the car won't start at all. <laughs> or you can follow the instructions. Because that, that owner's manual was the intent of the manufacturer, the builder of the car, on how they wanted you to operate that car. And if you follow the maintenance that they tell you to follow, the car usually lasts a lot longer than normal. Well, the Bible is God's intention of how He wants His creation to operate. And we need to follow it. We need to read it to know what He wants us to do. I mean, in Galatians 5, He gives us nine fruit of the, fruits of the Spirit that we're supposed to develop in our life. I can develop those. Back in the Old Testament, He gives us ten commandments we ought to follow. The principles are the same. We shouldn't, we shouldn't have any other gods before Him. We shouldn't covet our neighbor's wife or anything else. No, we shouldn't. Those are all good principles to live by, amen? We shouldn't lie, cheat, steal. We shouldn't do that. We should treat each other with respect, yes. I don't want to go to Starbucks and get coffee and, deal and, and talk about racism to a 16-year-old trying to get me to understand what racism is. I want to go in Starbucks, get them to start the conversation, and I'm going to take over because I want to talk about abortion. I'm going to say, well, when are you going to write on there that abortion kills? Now, let's talk about that. That'd end the conversation, wouldn't it? Why do I have to let a 16-year-old tell me what I'm going to... Let's just get this thing out. Let's follow what this says. Now, I don't have to worry about all the other stuff. Because this is going to tell me I'm not going to kill anybody. When I look at Brian the other day, and I think of abortion, I think, really? I saw a picture the other day of a mother kissing a 14-week-old fetus. That baby was born premature at 14 weeks. It, it literally was in, in, the, in the center part of her hand. Fully developed. You could see it was a baby. And she was kissing it. It obviously was dead. It did not live. But do not tell me that life doesn't happen at conception. It does. Because life means it's moving, it's active, it's, it's, it's going everywhere. And man, is it going. We need to listen to God. We've got to quit listening to the world. Listen to God. Presbyterian church just okayed. Homosexual marriage. Largest church in San Francisco, evangelical church in San Francisco, just changed its policy in letting homosexual, practicing homosexuals, living in a homosexual lifestyle, join the church. There's no distinction there. Folks, that is a compromise from what he said. If not, then he owes Sodom and Gomorrah an apology. God does. God does. That's what he said. How did I get off on that? How important is the Word of God? Hebrews chapter 4. For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word of God discerns our thoughts. 
and are intense. It's living, it's active. It was written 2,000 years ago, but God is speaking through it today to you and to me, and He wants you to visit, He wants me to visit it every day. To talk with Him, visit with Him, learn from Him. Amen? Oh, He wants us to do it. He wants us to do it. He, he is broadcasting live His message, but are we listening? I mean, there are, I'll come to that. So the first way God speaks to us is through the Bible. Second is God speaks to us through gifted teachers. Gifted teachers. Now, I don't I want to sound vain, but I'm one of those. I teach you. I hope you're learning something. But I, I can teach all day long, but if you don't want to learn, then nothing, nothing's going to happen. It's your job to learn. It's your job to grab something. I mean, I give you these fill-in-the-blanks that all of you hate to do. You've told me. I hate fill-in-the-blanks. That's why I do it, because I know it aggravates you. I just, I just can't wait to get a fill in the blank just because you can go, <laughs> no. Because learning, if you write it down, you retain more of it. That's why I do that. I don't do it to aggravate you. I do it so you'll retain more. And maybe, just maybe you'll stick in your Bible, and maybe on Tuesday afternoon you'll run across that outline again, and it might give some thought to it in just a moment more than on Sunday morning. I mean, you ever sit in church and, and just the sermon was, oh, oh, he's followed me around all week. Yeah. You knew, you knew that I knew somehow your whole life that week. Man, I wish I was that gifted. And then there's others of you that walk out and going, did you not have any time to study this week? I mean, come on. <laughs> really? Come on. Yeah. You see, we're going to get out of it what we're ready to receive out of it. If we're tuned in and listening to the live broadcast from God. But gifted teachers can be people like me. Don's a gifted teacher. David's a gifted teacher. I had David teach Wednesday night a few weeks ago and I, I, you guys still talk about it. See, I can't let some of these guys that are really gifted teach too much because then you're going to want them and you're not going to want to hear me anymore. Hey, I just can't do that. Joyce Meyer. I get so tired of people telling me how great Joyce Meyer is. Tell I listen to her. She's pretty good. Pretty good. One of my favorites is old T.D. Jakes, black preacher down in Dallas. Wow! You know, they all, they all do that. I always wanted to preach that way. Cindy said, don't you ever. I was like, i got to be bald-headed so that my head sweats and I get a handkerchief out and wipe it down. That'd be good. That's, that's, you know they're into it when that handkerchief comes out. <laughs> but gifted teachers. Paul wrote this to the, about the Thessalonian believers in 1 Thessalonians 2. He said, And we will never stop thinking, thanking God that when we preached His message to you, you didn't think of the words we spoke as being just our own. You accepted what we said as the very Word of God, which of course... It was, and this word continues to work in you who believe. God has spoken through angels, a pillar of cloud, and even a donkey. So don't you believe for a minute that He can't speak through you and me. If He can speak through a donkey, maybe, maybe there's a chance I could speak for Him. And He doesn't reserve it for just those that are fully educated and eloquent. 
1 Corinthians one twenty six. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not, make, not many mighty, not many noble are called. He uses the simple people to make the best impact. Oh, there are gifted teachers and speakers. Amen. You've heard them. You listen to them. Because they are that way. They can tell stories. Adrian Rogers was one of my favorite all-time preachers. He's with the Lord now. But, boy, Adrian Rogers had a way of telling stories. And you'd be drawn into the whole thing. But God speaks to ordinary people. Because it's not so much about the vessel as it is about the God in the vessel. God can use little children to speak to us mighty adults and say some of the most profound things if we're listening to the live broadcast. 1 Corinthians 2.14 These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. God has and will continue to use men He finds willing. God speaking through John in John eleven fifty one said this, Now this He did not say of His own authority, but being high priest, that year He prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation. So the high priest was chosen to speak, and He spoke, and He prophesied of the coming Jesus who would die for Israel, but not only for Israel, but for us as well. And we know that. We celebrate that here in just a couple of weeks. Easter Sunday. We all get dressed up. Get all dressed. Get our kids all dressed up. We come in to church. And, whew, the two times in the year, Easter and Christmas. They've nicknamed them Christers. <laughs> Easter and Christmas. What happened to the other 50 some odd weeks? But you know what? Just give me one shot. I'll take, the every, I'll take every shot I can get. So if you'll come just on Easter and just on Christmas, hallelujah. It's going to give me a chance to really talk to you about a risen Savior. God speaks through the Bible, speaks through gifted teachers. Number three, speaks through impressions. He puts things in our minds and on our hearts and He impresses those things on us. John fourteen twenty six. The Holy Spirit will be your teacher and will bring to your mind all I have said to you. The Holy Spirit will actually speak into your heart, put something in your mind. I know that you've heard stories of people. Perhaps you've received these impressions yourself or someone else has received them and brought them to you. And like I told you last week, be careful of those. But for many, they're powerful. And especially if they're godly people that you know are godly people and you trust them spiritually. And if they come and say, God has put, a, put something in my heart. At least listen. <laughs> Don't dismiss it. Just listen. Because oftentimes, when someone will come and ask my advice in a counseling situation especially, I'm instantly praying, God, give me wisdom, give me discernment, and give me the right words to say. I'm, I'm asking Him for that impression. And there's two types of people in, 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 that deal with impressions. There's the rationalist who says, it's only from the Word of God, period. If you don't get it from the Word of God, you're not going to get it. And then there's the mystics who just wait for every impression. 
They don't even talk to you unless there's an impression. Oh, God told me. Oh, God told me. Oh, God told me. Oh, I, oh, oh, oh. Neither, neither way is necessarily right. Both ways can create problems. And if you're only listening for impressions from God, you're going to mess up big time. Because if you don't have a connection to the Word of God with the impression that He's given you, you might be getting a false spirit trying to impress you. It has to connect to the Word of God. It has to connect to the Word of God, that impression. Job 33.14 God speaks again and again in dreams and visions at night when deep sleep fails, as people lie on their beds, He opens their ears in times like that and gives them wisdom and instruction. Oh, so many times. People will come and they'll say, well, God spoke to me last night. And when I was young, I used to think, you're nuts. No, no, no. Now when they come and say that, I at least want to listen. Now, if I have enough spiritual discernment that I ask God for all the time, I'm going to know whether that's a good message or not. Amen? There's nothing magical about it. Because if it aligns with this, I'm good. If it doesn't, I can throw it out. (laughs) Amen? You can dismiss it. Real easy. Let me give you a warning right there in your outline. Always test Impressions. Always test impressions. Make sure that what you're being told or you are being impressed about has a basis in this word. If it doesn't, be skeptical. Now, you might be saying, Preacher, I'm way over your head and you have no idea what I'm talking about. Deepen your walk with God. Deepen your walk with God and you'll begin to understand what I'm talking about. But if you're content to just let it go right over your head, stay there. But I want to encourage you to go deeper. There's only one way you can go deeper, and that's to spend time in the Word of God. I mean, we're offering you two and three times a Sunday to get into the Word of God. You ought to come get it. Come on, get it. I mean, Lindsay can fix dinner all day long on Wednesday, but if you don't come up here and get it, you're not getting it. Amen? You'd be hungry. Starve. Go. God speaks through the Bible, through gifted teachers, through impressions, and then fourthly and lastly, God speaks through pain. And this one was troubling for me a little bit, but it's, it's really true. Because not all pain is from God. Now, I want to make sure I start with that. But when God brings pain, when He allows pain, Oftentimes, it's to get our attention. For instance, when I get sick and I can't go anymore, I have to sit down and rest this old body. That's not a bad thing, is it? Because we're going and going and going and going and going and going and going, and we don't take care of ourselves, we don't sleep right, we don't eat right, and, you know, there's just a way for that pain to to do that. Whenever I hurt myself, whenever I hurt my foot and I needed to have surgery on my foot, it was God slowing me down. 
My knee is a constant problem every day. Just walking from the back of the church up here and back out there, it, it's, it's a slow process. I watch young people just take off, and I think, wouldn't that be fun? Like watching those little guys dance this morning. Man, my leg wouldn't work again forever if I danced like that old boy was dancing. But I was so glad he's dancing in church, aren't you? I just love it. Job chapter 33, God says, God disciplines people with sickness and pain, with ceaseless aching in their bones. They lose their appetite and do not care for ever the most delicious food. They waste away to skin and bones. They are at death's door. The angels of death wait for them. That's a pretty fatalistic verse or a couple of verses. But you know, you ever been there? Or felt like you were there? I know when Don had his third round of flu, I bet he felt he was there. When you're gasping for air and you can't breathe and you can't sleep and you can't, oh, it's terrible, isn't it? And these verses describe something that's dying. And when God brings pain, that's the, that's the part of the verse I struggle with. I think the point there is that God allows that pain to come. He, he doesn't block it often. Sometimes He does. But a little pain's a good thing. Pain was given to us as a recoil mechanism. When I went to touch a hot stove, it got hot. I get off of there. If I'm on ice, it's getting cold. I'm going to get off of there. If I jump into a swimming pool and it's not the right time of year, I get out of there pretty fast. <coughs> Excuse me. I uh, was a member of the polar bear club at Sunset Bible Camp. I was the very first polar bear. What that meant was we peeled the the tarp back on the swimming pool, and it was January. And they all looked and said, Hey, Harold, you go first. And I was young and dumb and thinking, I really need to show these guys how tough I am. I jumped right in that water, and just like a cartoon, out of that water. I thought, Lord, have mercy, have I lost my mind. And I'm telling you, it messed my brain cells up. I can't remember a thing. Good night. How stupid was I? And yet I, I found out in Chicago where David's from, they do it every year, run out into Lake Michigan. I mean, they're nuts. Just like I was nuts. So some pain that comes, either because we've self-inflicted it, God can allow that pain to come because it can be a good thing. A woman who delivers a child, there's a lot of pain. But there's something great on the back side of that pain. Amen. I think you get where I'm going. But oftentimes that pain is a way for God to get our attention. And oftentimes we've got to make a choice. I mean, we may be having pain in relationships, in our health, in our families, in our careers, maybe our lifestyles. But God, through that pain, can help us make better choices. He wants us to be holy. He wants us to be saved. He wants us to not be addicted. But pride will say, eh, I got it under control. Nah, I don't need him right now. Nah, I can, I can come to the Lord anytime. Now, when it's more convenient, pride can flat keep you out of heaven if you're not careful. 
So God is going to speak to you sometime through the Bible, through gifted teachers, through impressions, through pain. But why is that important? Why is that important? There's three reasons there in your outline. Number one, it assures me that I'm in God's family. Secondly, it protects me from mistakes. And then thirdly, it's the secret of a productive life. The ultimate thing we lost in the Garden of Eden was not so much the lush garden and all the vegetables that were there, the perfect place. What we lost was that communion with God. Because God so desperately wants us to be in fellowship. God wants to speak to us and speak into our lives, and we have got to listen. And so what the garden, what sin does is it creates a separation between us and God. Isaiah 59 says, My ear is not so dull I can't hear you, but your iniquities have separated you from for God. So how do we change that? Simply by drawing and deepening that relationship with Him. And maybe it's for the very first time Connecting a relationship with Him. Actually being saved from your sins. Recognizing that you are a sinner in need of salvation and are then willing to surrender that to the Lord. And what I love about God is that no matter how deep or how wide the separation may appear, if I will just but turn to Him, He will come running. He will come running. And so today, I hope that you are staying tuned in. I hope that you are ready to be more connected than maybe you were when you came. But you can never be connected until you get a connection. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity we have to just talk to you, communicate with you. Thank you that you love us enough to want to talk and communicate with us. And so, Father, I'm just praying that you will be real in the lives of your people here, that they will know you, they will sense you, and they will listen and be impressed by your word in their life. Father, if there's somebody here that just needs to know you for the very first time as their Lord and Savior, would you impress on them today to move beyond the casualness of that knowledge and make it real, heartfelt, and indwelling. Perhaps there's somebody here in this room that has known you for a long, long time. They were baptized a long, long time ago. I mean, they've, they've been connected to you. But they've drifted. Or they've gotten complacent. God, I'm praying that you will wrestle with those hearts too. Father, whatever need is available, whatever need is present in the lives of your people in this room today, would you... Stir them. Would you reach into their heart with your finger and just kind of stir that around, make them uncomfortable? And then if they would have the courage to do something and not let pride get in the way. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for loving us. In your name we pray. Amen. Great song. Trust and obey.